Hey, welcome back to the podcast. It's just me. I thought Tim was going to get to be here today, but he got hung up um, with a project and he actually might scoot in that door in a minute. You never can tell about him, but if he does, he'll join us. Today, we're going to be talking about, I've been struggling with what to actually call it, but um, of it, it revolves around the sovereignty of God and and the whole idea that, you know, what Satan means for good it, or I mean, no, he didn't. What he meant for evil, God meant for good. And we're going to talk about how God interacts with the evil that Satan intends for us and works it um, into something awesome. So stick around, join us back after our introduction, and we've got a few announcements for you. See you in a minute. All right, welcome back. Um, I wanted to make a plug at the top. Um, we made us uh, some new, I guess, or contact cards, but. Um, Sean said I can lean up. I don't have to relax. But uh, that is a the orthotomeo. That's what we call our how to study the Bible training. And um, I'm getting on Facebook here so I can see. Am I even on Facebook? Am I live, Sean? Mm-hmm. There we are. Um, that's our orthotomeo. That's our how to study the Bible training. And uh, if you're watching the podcast and you'd like, if you're a ministry leader, your pastor, or you'd like to, to share that with your pastor, if you'll let me know uh, about that, PM me, uh, you know, give me a, give me a private message or comment in the comments, give me some contact information to be glad to reach out uh, to you, share with you what we do. Um, you can actually see uh, the videos of one of our, of one of our workshops um, on our the Crucibles Fire Academy on our website at thecruciblesfire.org. Um, it is behind a paywall to keep, you know, robots and stuff out of it. But if you're a ministry leader, pastor, or, you know, something like that, that you'd like to you'd be interested in us putting on this workshop for you, or at least to learn more about it, to see what it is about, um, if you'll message me, I'll send you a, a coupon code that'll get you past the paywall um, for free and let you see those videos. And we'll give you some, some data and some information about that. Um, Hey, Terry Payne, good to have you watching with us today. Um, you guys out there that are watching, if you're watching, I can't always see you, but if you will like and comment, the biggest thing is if you'll comment, let us know you're watching. That helps us to know who's out there and helps us keep moving. Um, I want to deal, if you got your Bible, let's just do a little Bible study today. I want to talk about something, you know, Tim and I have been talking about um, ad nauseum. Uh, Wednesday night, we got to... Uh, the privilege and honor of, of going back to cross brand cowboy church and oops, we got to go back to cross brand cowboy church, uh, Wednesday night to their C three sixteen and a deep dive Bible study. Got to talk to them about a module that we're working on for our leadership training and for our kingdom vision, uh, conferences, which is a uh, shadow versus reality. And, uh, it was a really interesting study. I thought it went pretty, I, I thought it went okay. Um, I hope they enjoyed it. Um, we're still developing some of it and digging into it, but it's this whole idea about how we, God wants us to look past the situation, look past the circumstances into the reality, the kingdom reality of situations, um, where they're good, bad, ugly, indifferent, you know, to always be looking, what is it that God's doing? Um, the prime example where we want to jump in, if you got your Bible in Genesis chapter 50, um, prime example is the story of Joseph. Uh, we use it in our examples. And um, you, if you know the story, if you're watching this podcast, you've probably been around church long enough to know the story. But if you don't, um, long story short, Joseph had a bunch of brothers. Brothers are mean. And uh, 
I've got two of them, so I know this firsthand. Sean's got a couple. He knows firsthand. And uh, he actually gets to be the big brother now. So um, long story short, they sold him into slavery, left him for dead, kind of a deal, put him in a ditch, and uh, he wound up in Egypt, um, a prisoner and a slave, and rose to place, and, and he, the scriptures say that, you know, that God elevated him to a place. He calls himself the, a father, the father of, of, of Egypt. He was second in command over all of the land, blah, blah, blah. And you know the story. Famine comes. The brothers come to present themselves to Egypt looking for food and shelter and help. And lo and behold, they go before the brother Joseph, and they don't know it's him. Long, long story. Go to Genesis, the end of Genesis, read the story. But at the end of the story, they discover who he is, okay? And they're freaked out about it. They're afraid he's going to kill them and all this kind of stuff. And he weeps. He's glad to see them. But the scripture that I want you to look at is at the end of the chapter. It's actually the end of Genesis. In Genesis chapter 50, ooh, my hat's in the way. And I'm wearing a hat today because I forgot to shave my head, and it looks really bad. Um, in verse, oh, let's go to 15. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they came to one another if Joseph is holding a grudge against us, he will certainly repay us for all the suffering we caused him. Okay, that's a legitimate function. They're like, all right, guys, we did really, really bad things to Joseph. He knows it. He remembers it. Now he's going to whip us if he, you know, if he, because now dad's gone. It's kind of like the fact that dad's around, they're like, that's been holding Joseph back. Now he's going to take his revenge. But, it says in verse 16, so they sent this message to Joseph. They're, they're, they're getting some help here. Before he died, our father gave a command. Say this to Joseph. Please forgive your brother's transgression and their sin, the suffering they caused you. Therefore, please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when their message came to him. I, I kind of read that tongue-in-cheek because it's like, hey, uh, dad said you're supposed to forgive us. I know he's dead and he can't verify the message. I'm reading a little into that, but I really do think it was probably genuine because of Joseph's response. Joseph's response is he read that and he wept. Joseph was uh, uh, seems to be, at least for, with his brothers, to, to be an emotive. Um, he, had a, he had a tender heart, had a loving heart, godly man. Verse 18, his brothers also came to him, bowed down before him and said, we are your slaves. Good response. He said, hey, yeah, we're sorry about that whole selling you into slavery thing, that whole telling dad you were dead deal, you know. Yeah, we're we're sorry about that. And uh, we'll tell you what, we'll just be your slaves forever. Please don't kill us. That's, that's the subtext. They didn't say please don't kill us, but that was the feel. But in verse 19, here's the one. But Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? Joseph understood that the judgment for them was not his to give. He said, verse 20, here we go. You planned evil against me. God planned it for good to bring about the present result, the survival of many people. Therefore, don't be afraid. I will take care of you and your children. And, be, and he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Uh, I want to key in on that phrase. You meant, in verse uh, 20, you planned evil against me. God planned it for good to bring out the present result. 
couple of things I want to point out to you this this afternoon, and it won't I won't be long. Um, a lot of people see this text. They they go to Romans eight twenty eight. All things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to His purpose. And a lot of people view negative things as like like God is just kind of sitting and waiting for bad stuff to happen so that He can snatch it and redeem it and make it something good, like like he's, re, he's a reactionary God. I want you to pay attention, and this is in the Christian Standard Bible, but it's, it's, it's faithful to the original text. You planned evil. So there's an idea in the word planned that it was, they had an evil intent. There was planning to it. It was a, a thought-out thing. But he says, but God planned it. Okay? God planned it for, I can't read without my glasses, this is awful, planned it for good to bring about the present result. What this speaks to is the very nature and character of who God is. You know, we're linear thinkers. We think along these linear lines of born, live, and die. God doesn't. You know, we think of things in good and evil. It's either good, meaning absence of evil, absence of suffering, blessing, and prosperity, or we think of evil as you know, the absence of good. It's terrible or whatever. We're real black and white like that as people. But God doesn't really think like that in, in, in from a kingdom perspective. That's what we're always talking about as a kingdom perspective. And God doesn't have any... Theologians would call it the economy of God, not necessarily the financial economy, but the way God deals with mankind is different his ways, the Bible says, are above our ways. Not necessarily that we can't always understand them, but they just are different than what man's uh, default setting is, especially fallen man. But he says, you meant it for evil, but God planned it for good to bring about the current result, the present result. What was the present result that God had planned to bring about? It was the exaltation of Joseph so that... I'm fixing to sneeze. Um, excuse me. So that... During the famine, many, 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 many people would be saved. It was just a, a means to an end. And, and a lot of times we, we can't see what God's doing. All we can see is what we can see. So like I was telling the church Wednesday night is we look at things at the face value. You know, what's going on right in front of me? What's the circumstance that I'm looking at? What's the, the, the situation that's in front of me? And that's where we stop. In this, the face value is... Joseph's brothers were mean and ugly. He had every right to judge them for what they did to him. And it was just growing pains. It was just mean people or it was just life stinks. Okay, we live in a fallen, a lot of even church people, well, we just live in a fallen world. Well, you could take that that way. And that's a, that's a face value way to take it. Or you can take it with a kingdom value, a kingdom vision, a kingdom mindset, which is what Joseph presented to them, which is, no, you truly did mean this for evil. And I would even tell you that Satan means things for evil all the time. But Satan has zero authority except that which is given and allowed to him to have by God. Now, do I always have an answer for why would God allow those things? Unfortunately, I do not. There's plenty of evil and wickedness in the world that I cannot explain other than there has uh, some latitude has been given to the evil one. I don't understand all of that, but I know God is good and I trust him. Just like in this situation, it's easy for humanity to go, that was evil, and it was, 
and it was wicked and it was wrong and poor Joseph. But Joseph didn't take that posture. Joseph said, no, no, no. You did mean evil by it. That's true. I believe Satan meant evil by it. I believe that would be true. But he says, but no, God planned it. And in an, earlier in the passage, he actually says, I believe it was chapter 45, I think. He says, no, God did this to me. He, so the boys were saying, hey, we put you in the ground. We put you in the, the slavery. We're sorry. And he's like, no, 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 no. You didn't do this to me. He said, God did this to me. And that's an interesting perspective for us to adopt, that God's not a reactionary God. That And, and this gets into a weird conversation. Now, granted, if you, you're hearing this and you're like, man, that goes against the teachings of our church or whatever, go with that, okay? Go talk to, to people, whatever. But this gets into a conversation of, does, is God the author of evil? And, and does he cause evil, quote-unquote, evil to happen? Uh, the answer to that is no. God is good, righteous, holy, and pure. And the answer theologically is no that's not true does god allow things that we then label as evil to occur to us yes it does i would go to job chapter one as a scriptural context for that um when it says that time came for the sons of god to present themselves to god i'm not quoting i'm paraphrasing and you know satan comes to god and was like he's like hey satan what are you doing i'm walking around the earth you know doing my thing paraphrase and and he said, God says, have you considered my servant Job? Satan says, well, I've considered him, but you got a hedge of protection around him. Can't touch him. You know, he's, he's protected. And God said, eh, I'll lift that for you. Go get him. So everything that happens, and there, this happens a couple of times if you read the story. Everything evil, negative, that happened to Job was allowed by God. And the fact that it was allowed by God the fact that Job was even singled out was God's idea. It's one of that's is one of those places where you hit that crisis of faith about what is it that you actually believe about God and His nature and His goodness, and we have to cling to what we know about His nature and know we can't understand what He's doing here altogether and totally. On top of that is there's this sovereignty issue. Even at the end of the book of Job, when Job's finally crying out to the Lord, like, why in the world is all this going? Because we know from Job in the very beginning that Job was a righteous man. He was not being punished for sin. He was a righteous man. So why? And then God responds with a really good response for us, which is, uh, Job, who are you to question me? Um, where were you when I told the seas to stop? Where were you when I put, you know, the goats were on the mountain giving birth? And he goes through this whole liturgy where were you? Where were you? Where were you? Who are you? And at the end of that discourse, Job says, I'm going to put my hand over my mouth and I'm not going to speak anymore because I spoke about things that I did not understand, basically. And and so we get into places like that and we, we get into Jeremiah where some of the potter, he went down to the potter's house and the potter was working on the wheel. And it says the 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 work, the the little pot he was making was marred in the hands of the potter. That means it was broken by the potter's hand on purpose so that he could make it into something else. And if you get the picture of he just didn't like the way it looked, and so he crushed it and destroyed it and made it up again. Romans 9 gives us the exact same kind of a concept that, that God has the authority, the right, and the ability within the nature and the character of who he is to bring up, bring down, to crush, to bring up for all of his purposes our problem is, is we can only see our little finite sliver of his purposes. 
And so when we get into places like Genesis 50, you get in this idea of, but Satan means things for evil, but God means them for good. I'm with you 100%. But don't give too much credit to the enemy and not enough credit to God because he's not just sitting back waiting for the lion to seek and devour some stuff and then try to fix it or not try, but actually to fix it. It doesn't work that way. God is an overstretching authority over any authority that Satan might have. God has authority of restraint over that through his Holy Spirit. And just like we see in Job, anything that gets done is done as it comes through the mighty sovereign hand of God. In the sense that there are, in, in the situation where there are unspeakable horrors that happen to people, and there are. Um, spend some time in the foster system talking to kids and you'll see that that's the truth. Uh, those are the hard places to explain. Those are the hard places to get through and to help people to have faith in. Um, when you're sitting by the bedside of someone who's dying sooner than you think that they ought to, maybe it's not a full life, it's a child or something like that, uh, those are the hard spaces to get into where you just trust the Lord and you cling and hang on to His nature. Um, and uh, maybe it's chronic illness that doesn't seem to end and it's just suffering. You cling to his nature that there is purpose in everything and God wastes nothing. Even in a situation like with Joseph where he says he's able to say because he's been staring into God's face and learning of his culture and his nature and his character, he can say, no, God, you didn't do this to me. God did it to me. And he's not even mad about it. He said it had to happen to get to this place. So I want to encourage you today, if you're in a situation, you've got circumstances, you're, you're, you're going through the struggle, to, to seek and, and, and push through what you can see, push through the face value, look for the kingdom value, look for the unseen things the scriptures would say and focus on them and know that God has in, in his, the, God's interest is in two things. Number one, his glory and your good. And you may not be able to see it and you might not see it until you get to heaven and you get to be in his presence, but he's trustworthy. He's good and he's righteous and he's holy. Uh, I appreciate y'all joining us today. Uh, before you go, um, we're always uh, asking people to pray um, and, and and to prayerfully consider, you know, being monthly supporters of the ministry. Um, we're, we got a lot going on right now. We're developing two apps, actually, one in English, one in Spanish, to carry our Bible study training out into the regions of the world where we can't go. Um, we're developing those, and there's a cost and expense to that. We are uh, putting together a Nicaragua trip, uh, Lord willing. We're putting together either a two or three day uh, Kingdom Vision Conference, hopefully next spring. That's going to have a lot of expense to it. So we would always ask you to prayerfully consider it. Um, and then uh, if God would lead you in that direction, go to our website, thecrucibleofire.org forward slash donate. And uh, you can sign up for monthly gifts or maybe just a one time gift to help us out. We would appreciate that. I hate asking for that, but uh, we. It is a complete 100% uh, uh, supported ministry from outside, other than the fact that, that, that we, we fund what we can, but uh, those funds are obviously limited because you know, we've got families and things like that too. So if God would lead you in that, that'd be awesome, and uh, we would appreciate it. Hi, Phyllis, glad for you to join us today. Uh, glad you're watching. Hope you got blessed today. Don't forget if you, uh, you're, you or your pastor, ooh, zoom, 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 zoom. If you or your pastor or your church leaders or you are a ministry leader of some sort of your church would like us to come out and do a, a seminar, it's not a seminar, it's a workshop. It is a at least a full day, depending on if we do anything extra, of how to dig in and study your Bible and rightly divide it. 
Um, the only thing we charge for that is uh, just the cost of the materials, um, just a few bucks. Um, and, and right now we can usually do that for about $10 a person. And uh, we just ask people to throw, throw 10 bucks in there to cover the materials that we will provide you. And uh, if you'll give us a, a message or a comment, we'll get back in touch with you and we'll see about coming out to your church or your ministry and, uh, and do one of these for you. This is the point in time where I always say, well, Tim, you have anything else? He doesn't have anything. He's not here. We'll see you all later. Keep on learning, teaching, and repeating. See you next time. Bye-bye.